We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Snoop was like, no, I want you to be the face of Death Row now. I like what you're doing. I like where your creative, your, your creative mind is going. Like, that's, he's like, we need that. And he's, he wants that. And I was like, okay. But it was scary because I'm like, well, I'm going to mess up. What if I... It's pressure. It's pressure. So, But, but it's, it says a lot about where Snoop wants Death Row to go. Right. To put you... R&B, clean mm-hmm. cut, yep. speak to the ladies, mm-hmm. as opposed to, well, he could find some dope rapper from the hood. He could. But That's he easy. chose you. Yeah, it's easy to find. A, there's so many rappers. You yeah. Know, you could find anybody, but it ended up being me, and I'm just a kid from Indiana. South Bend, Indiana, born and raised, lived across the street from University of Notre Dame all my life, you know, and just chill. And I don't know, it's it's wild. It's even and Now I'm even thinking about it more. It's it's wild to think about. I didn't. I never thought that I would be on a label owned by Snoop. The ratio. Okay, though. The ratio. Okay, though. That might be the best question I've ever been asked. You're a phenomenal person. I mean, you legendary. I am a fan of you, my brother. October London is a hot R&B singer who's got an album called The Rebirth of Marvin, which will give you all kind of Marvin Gaye vibes. But the man is on Death Row Records. He is the main flagship artist on Snoop Dogg's Death Row, and he says Death Row is entirely different than it used to be. The man also says he's got 75 albums in his hard drive because he can make a song in about an hour and he makes music as easily as he breathes. This is an extraordinary conversation with a brilliant musician who says his marriage was cool, but he'll never get married again. He loves his seven-year-old son. He's got a Bentley because he's a car guy. This is so fun. October London on Torre Show. So wait, you're on your first headlining tour. Yeah. How's that going? How does it feel? Is it tiring? It's tiring being on tour. Oh, yeah, it's tiring. <laughs> it's tiring. You love the stage. Yeah, I love the stage. But all the rest of the stuff is just... Before and after it, it's like... Oh, it's a lot. It's draining. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a sure. lot. People don't realize it's hotels and buses and late nights and weird food and... Yep. Mm-hmm. You can really get off of your, uh, your, your diet. If you have one, you can get off of that real quick. <laughs> 
real quick. The other night we had that same thing. Like we all wanted food and, you know, a couple people don't maybe might not eat meat or something like that or whatever, or they're just eating fish or whatever it is. And it's just like, no, McDonald's, Burger King, Taco Bell. You've been touring with Snoop for yeah. several years. Yeah. yeah. What's the big difference as far as now I'm headlining? The big difference is 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 coming out of your pocket, your own pocket. You know, mm. you tour with Snoop, I'm just getting paid. You know, mm. I'm getting my, you know, stipend to eat, you know, my my per diem basically, and then what I'm getting paid, which is great. And then you just get on the bus, you get off, you're good. You or you get on the plane, you're you know. You don't worry about I don't worry about expenses. Didn't understand it, you know, at that point in 2016. I didn't understand that. And then now it's my first headlining tour. Oh, it's 110000 120000 for the tour bus. Oh, okay, cool. Who's paying for that? You are. Oh, okay. That, oh, okay. All right. All right. Cool. Uh, what else do I need to pay for? Everyone else? Pay everyone's per diem? Pay everyone for their, their duties that they're doing, all that kind of stuff? I knew that was going to be paid, but it, yeah, it just it piles up. Something goes wrong. It's me, you know? I have a great tour manager. He takes care of everything, but it's like still falls back on me. Still got, you know, he still has to get that approval from me. Like, hey, yeah, we're gonna need this hotel. We're gonna need five rooms. We're gonna need six rooms. We're gonna need this. Okay, how's this? Oh, that's two thousand something. Okay, cool. And then next, you know, it happens again and again. At first, you're like, oh, two grand. All right, cool. Then it happens fifteen more times. I mean, I know artists who have said, you know, if we make these choices on the tour, yeah. We're not really going to make money. We're just going to break even. Mm-hmm. And that is not, it's not worth it to be out here right, right. to break even. Yeah, this is very rare for me to actually be making money on tour. Very rare. So you're making money on this one, though. Mm-hmm. But first is, headline tour, but is, it, is, but is it, it's not as much as you would like. No, no, no. No, it's not as much. No, no, no. The, the number is very big. Very big difference, you know. But you love being in the studio more than being on, on tour. Yeah, because you get your it's it's your sanctuary. It's where you can sit and just be like, where do I want to go? What do I need to do when I'm on tour? Because I'm a multi genre artist. Yeah, I do country, I do pop, I do reggaeton, I do everything. Yeah, when I'm in the studio, I can be 14 people at one time. When you're on stage, you can't give an audience that came to hear Rebirth of Marvin. You can't give them Sam Nash. Sam Nash is my alter ego that does country. I can't yeah. go up there and do that. Although in Nashville, we just did a show, and people were asking me for that. They already know that I just dropped a country EP right yeah. before Beyonce. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, people actually like it. Ahead so. of the curve. Ahead of the curve. So, but I mean, when you go on stage, it's ego. It's this is who I was. Yeah. Right. And yeah. you can scream for me and let's do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. When you're in the studio, you're alone, but you're creating. Yeah. Right. And if you love creating, you love that process of right. like, we tried that. Yeah. That wasn't it, but yeah. we'll just go something we'll else. We'll try something else. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. not it, but we keep trying. Yeah. Oh, that was it. Yeah. Right. And the searching for what it is. Like, if you're a creative person, you love that process right right? and this is who i am as opposed to on stage that's who i was right right exactly love the creative process love it love it love it you know that's why really i like being at at death row because i I get so much creative control he's not over my shoulder he's not like oh you say he it's snoop Snoop. doggy dog Dog, which is which is such a big change because for so long for so many of us death row meant suge at least suge was at the top of the hierarchy yep and what Suge was 
as a street guy, as a gangster, as a tough guy, mm -hmm. pervaded what the label was all about, mm -hmm. right? It was supposed to be kind of scary. We yep. might beat you up yep. at the award show. Mm -hmm. like, yep. We don't yeah. know. Hang you over a balcony or something. You never the, know. Right, right. Yeah. The, the current Snoop Dogg run Death Row, yeah. and you're the main face of Death Row. What is the current vibe? Because you said the, new, the current vibe is totally totally G different g-rated yeah 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 it's like it's not the way it was before it's just totally different to be the flagship of a of a label that once was just like you said is the gangster rap it was hardcore it was you know even style wise everything was totally different now snoop is like no i want you to be the, the face of death row now i like what you're doing i like where your creative your your creative mind is going like, that's he's like we need that and he's, he wants that. And I was like, okay. But it was scary because I'm like, well, I'm going to mess pressure. up. What if I – it's pressure. It's pressure. So, But, but it's, it says a lot about where Snoop wants Death Row to go right. to put you, R&B, clean mm -hmm. cut, yep. speak to the ladies, mm -hmm. as opposed to well, – he could find some dope rapper from the hood. He could. But That's he easy. chose you. Yeah. It's easy to find a – there's so many rappers. You yeah. Know, you could find anybody, but it ended up being me. And I'm just a kid from Indiana, South Bend, Indiana, born and raised, lived across the street from University of Notre Dame all my life, you know, and just chill. And I don't know. It's it's wild. It's even, and now I'm even thinking about it more. It's it's wild to think about. I didn't, I never thought that I would be on a label owned by Snoop. Well, you talk about, I'm just a kid from Indiana. Yeah. The Midwest has a massive history mm -hmm. in R&B, soul, funk, James mm -hmm. Brown, Bootsy Collins, Michael Jackson. Baby face. Baby, I mean, like, on mm -hmm. that area of the country yeah. is massive. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a, it's, it's a lot, but where I'm from, it's more about sports and all that. Like, uh, music scene, no. No, you can't get on musically in South Bend. It's not going to happen. You have to leave. And I did. I left because there's just no music scene. It wasn't like I was in Detroit. You right, know. music scene. Yeah, right. that's total music scene, you know. But right. South Bend, it's all about, you know, sports. You got we got our, you know, Skylar Diggins, and, you know, she played for Notre Dame, and now obviously WNBA, you know, they pitch us in the football. You know, we have the Colts and all that kind of stuff. But, but basketball music. is number one there. Yeah, yeah. Indiana sure. basketball. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's deep. It's deep. deep in the Deeply culture. rooted. Can you play? Yeah, uh, I used to play basketball. I can't. I can't. I've, Were you good? I was good at shoot. I was really good at shooting. Okay. I couldn't. I couldn't miss. And now okay. I just. I Snoop has a basketball court in his studio, and I went in there and I missed every single shot. You got to practice. I I just threw the ball. I was like, forget <laughs> it, and I just walked out and went to record a song. I was like, forget <laughs> it. Like it was. It was crazy. It made me so mad. So wait, you? But you grew up in a family of musicians. Yeah, yeah. My dad could play guitar, and you know, I have uncles that could sing, and my mom could sing, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah, my dad could play guitar for sure. So, what did you learn from mom and your uncles about singing? I, I just like being around them. It, it wasn't. It was, well, what I, I did learn something. I learned that the power of music is just captivating. You can bring all. You know, it could be an argument going on in the kitchen during Thanksgiving. Somebody starts playing piano, a song that they know. Next thing you know, the vibe the vibe has changed. Oh my god! I learned that music changes a vibe. You know, just like you going if you're mad and you get in the car and some hardcore rap song is playing, you might get more you know into it. You know, or you know, release some tension. Or R and B's playing, you're in love. It just it it moves you. Period. And you, I learned that. You remind me of of Leroy Jones 
in his book, Black Music, was like, if you play James Brown in a bank, everything will be different in that bank. Everything. <laughs> right? Everything. And you're right. It can, it, it, it go, music can go into you on like a lizard brain level. It's not like, I like this song because I think it's good. Like, I am dancing, I am singing, right. it has taken me over. Right, right. And I think that's one thing that won Snoop over because although, yeah, I'm a flagship of, of, of Death Row and I'm doing R&B, I'm doing old school R&B. With me, he gets several artists. Mm -hmm. He gets me as this, uh, you know, doing the old school. He gets my alter ego, Sam Nash. He, now, he gets, now he has a country artist signed to his label. Mm -hmm. He gets a pop artist signed to his label. I do EDM. I do all things like Can all you that rap? Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've written a couple Snoop songs. You have 75 albums done? Mm -hmm. 75 albums just sitting because I'll create. I just, <laughs> wait, 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 who's got the time? I, I just create quickly. Like Rebirth of Marvin is doing very well and it's been doing well since we dropped but I did that album in a week and then I, back really? to your place the single that's number one is the longest running R&B song top charted R&B R&B song of last year and now obviously bleeding off to this year that song was done in an hour and I freestyled it I freestyled the whole album I didn't write anything down wait 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 what do you mean you freestyled the album I just go up to the microphone and just start thinking of what I need to say and I just go that's it back to your place was done like Pressing record. Oh, baby, I've been thinking about you. Stop. And all of the things I want to do once the day becomes a night. Stop. And then I just keep going. Song's done. I mix it. Oh, I'm also I also mix. So Snoop has a mixer on his team. So we you <laughs> you you do the song straight through. Straight through. Did you? But is there a when you come to the chorus? Mm -hmm. You just imagine the chorus when you get there? Snoop even knows. Snoop, you ask Snoop this. Ask Snoop how long it takes me to come with a hook. It's if I don't hear a hook, every song that I do, if I don't hear a hook, first 30 seconds, 45 max, I don't even do the song. Right. He'll send me a beat, and if he doesn't get a feedback from me in the next, you know, real quick, he's like, I already know he doesn't want to do it. And he goes on to the next. So you get the track. You're making the track or you get mm -hmm. the track? I produce, I mix, I master, all that stuff. So all, all the all the rebirth engineer, of Marvin, you you engineer too? Engineer too. I do it all. That's why he's like, oh yeah. So I'm not. Where did out you albums. learn how to how to work the 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 board? I and well, that's all on, you know, it's digital. I'm now he's got the big boards. There are 250,000. I don't know how to work those things. Okay. But it's all digital. And I use uh logic. Okay. Logic. I started on Fruity Loops in 2004. I started making beats, and that's how I learned. And I got tired of waiting for people. Like, oh, I want to make this track, but I got to wait on somebody to come, you know, do this, do that. And I got tired of waiting. I'm super impatient when it comes to music. So you 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 make the track. Yep. And then and and when and you are making it, you hear the chorus or the hook. Mm -hmm. Yep. While I'm making the track. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. And then you go in the booth, and you're just. I usually knock out the hook first. I knock out the right. chorus first. Right. Then I go, because that's going to tell me how I'm going to do all the verses and the intro and the outro and all that. But yeah, I start with the hook first. Did you, you, so you're doing songs in like a couple hours? Yeah, right, a song an hour. That's why I have 75. In an hour? Yeah, that's why I have 75 albums, because I'm like doing it. <laughs> I'll, I'll get in a zone yeah. and I'll just be like, okay, cool. I'll make two songs that are the same genre. Say it's country. I make two songs. And I'm like, all right, I, I like where this is going. Let me do another one. And I do another one until I have about 10. Enough for an album. I'll mix it. Next morning, I'll come in, master it, put it in my hard drive. Next. 
I do a Maxwell type of album. I love Maxwell. So I'll yeah. be in a Maxwell, you know, type of vibe. And I'll do a Maxwell album in a week. And I'll be like, okay, cool. I like that. Save it for later. And I'll just keep going, keep going, keep going. So when do you get to, okay, these are the 12 songs or whatever for now? that we're Because we're only putting out one album a year, right? Or you want to do more than that? I wouldn't mind putting out two. Okay. I wouldn't mind putting out two, but I would love to do one album per genre a year. I would love to do, say, five albums a year, but different. You know, I would do, on Friday, October London would be performing at the Fonda in L.A. Uh And on Saturday, I'd be performing at the Fonda at Sam Nash or something like that, uh-huh. separating the two. So that way they don't you want your country fans coming to see October, you know, the, the rebirth of Marvin sound. They're like, I didn't come here to see this, you know? So you have to, you know, differentiate the two, but yeah. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash and get on your way to being your best self. How's your social battery right now? It can be a lot talking to a lot of people sometimes, but it also can be easy to ignore your social battery and spread yourself too thin. What's the right amount of socialization for you? And how do you recharge? The way to build awareness of your social battery and how to take care of yourself when it's on empty is to go to therapy and talk with a licensed therapist about who you really are. I've been to therapy and it's an amazing tool for learning about yourself and becoming happier. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's online and it's convenient. You fill out a short questionnaire and get matched with a therapist who can help you become a happier version of you. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. One of the people who helped inspire me to want to be in broadcasting is Oprah Winfrey. She's an inspiration for so many of us, but her daytime talk show was so incredible. And it told me that you could be black and authentic and real on TV. And that made me want to do it, too. Black Stories, Black Truths is NPR's new collection that's a celebration of blackness. Each of NPR's black voices are as direct, varied, distinct and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and how to create world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account of what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. Black perspectives that haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story, but now 
They are the story. On NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, as nuanced, and as Black as we are. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. It's, it's, it's astounding to me how quickly yeah. you're able to work mm-hmm. and that you're able to freestyle and improvise mm-hmm. these songs. It's crazy. My head is always just, I always hear something. You're always, think, you're thinking in music mm-hmm. and yep. you're hearing... So, the, the words are always coming out of the music, right? Are you thinking of words and then trying to find music to match it? Or? No, I got to do the music first. You got to hear the I, music. I, I saw that. I think Taylor Swift writes songs without music. Cannot do that. Yeah. I got to know where that mu- the music is the, is, is the car to me. It's going somewhere. I just the na- And the words are the navigation. Like, where, where are we going? Okay, the car, yeah, the car is going to roll. But where are we going? I can't. If it, in a quiet room, I can't just sit and write a song. I have to hear the music first. I have to. So when I hear something, then I can start to. You produce all of all of the Marvin Gaye album. So for the Rebirth of Marvin, I put together some of the some of the records. At first, I started sampling and doing little stuff like that, and I was like, I don't want to do any samples on this album because sampling costs a fortune. Mm. So then Snoop started bringing in like a couple producers and all that kind of stuff. And then they produced it. So I kind of let them go ahead and go off that. Okay. So I didn't, I didn't produce all of Rebirth of Marvin. Okay. But I wrote 99% of it. I have a couple of my friends that come over and I'm like, Hey man, help me with this line. And you're not really spending a ton of time thinking about the lyrics, right? It's kind of, it's kind of coming to you. Are you, do you find moments where you're like, ah, I can, that line could be better. Let's redo that. Figure out. Yeah. And I have two friends, uh, uh, Trip Cambridge and, and Walter West. They come over. They're incredible, incredible writers. And I'll be sitting there and he'll come downstairs and he'll be like, I think that line should be this and this and that to that. Ah, that makes more sense. You're right. You're right. You're right. And he'd be like, you should change that to that just to make sure that it doesn't. Ah, you're right. You're right. And I'll do that. And they'll have their, I'll give them their writing credit and all that. But yeah, I wrote 99%. So there's definitely times on the rebirth of Marvin where I'm like, wow, he sounds a lot like Marvin Gaye. Mm-hmm. And it's more than my tone just happens to sound like that. Like mm-hmm. you are, like you are really. Do I mean you talked about like I I did this in the style of Maxwell or yeah. influenced by Maxwell, right? So you have your your influences, your North Star. So mm-hmm. Marvin Gaye was clearly a North Star because I mean, make me wanna. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm like yeah. that's not incidental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, you, yeah. like that could be on what's going on. It's not just the yeah. tone. It's the vibe. It's the ad libs, yeah, right? It's yeah. very what's going on. Yeah, yeah. When when that when while doing that album, he was Snoop always plays music throughout the studio all the time, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. There's music in the speakers in the hallways, and that day he was just he was playing a lot of Marvin. He was playing old school all day anyway. But I heard one Marvin song, heard another one, heard another one. I was like, he's playing a lot of Marvin. And I was just listening to it and just going into the room, and I started playing the track, Back to Your Place, the the, the, the track. And I just started feeling that. And then I did Make Me Wanna, and I started playing that, and it just came out that way. I, don't, I wasn't like, yeah, I'm going to do this like Marvin. No, I don't no. want Because I don't want 
I love the fact that people are like, oh, man, you know, you remind me of Marvin. But I don't want people to think I'm trying to take from him or fill his shoes. No, no. There are huge shoes to fill. I can't fill those shoes. He's a legend, always going to be a legend. And I just wanted to, I just started recording and it came out that way. And then he was like, man, you sound like Marvin. I was like, I hope that's not going to be a problem. I remember when Robin Williams was hot in the club, comedy club scene. Yeah. And the other comics would be like, you don't want to do your joke in front of Robin because he will just take it and make it better than you could have made, right? Because he's so creative that anything he hears will just go into the machine and come back out. And it seems like you're kind of like like your improv, so you're very close to your creative impulse. And I heard a Marvin Gaye song; it got a, got caught up in the machine, and mm-hmm. this came out. Yep is 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 it kind of like that? Yeah, it's definitely like that. I, and I try not to. I, I know my limits. I try not to take too much because I don't want to like you know. And they'll be like, oh, he's really trying to be like Marvin. No, no, he's really trying. No, I just want to the O's and the. Oh, baby. Yeah. Just a little bit. Just a little bit, but not taking his hold everything that he does because that'd be too much the way if, he moves. You but know? if I listen to if I listen to Sam Nash, will I say, oh, he sounds like Marvin Gaye? No. No. If you, I listen you to, even if I played Sam Nash, you wouldn't even know it was me. If I listened to the Maxwell inspired album, I would not say he sounds like Marvin no, Gaye. No. It sounds totally different. It sounds totally different. Every genre is you cannot you will be like, that can't be the same person. There's no way. And I'll play it for you after the interview. I'll play it. So, so you, it's interesting because you came to this moment of Make Me Wanna and the rebirth yeah. organically, mm-hmm. right? Like, it just had me playing. I love that stuff. It just came out of me, right? You said Snoop said, title it the rebirth of Marvin. I was scared as hell to title it that. What, did, what was the title in your mind before Snoop said that? I didn't have a title because I wasn't planning on putting it out. I had really. I had, you weren't putting these songs out. I had no plans on it because I was like, "Who's gonna?" I was like, "I don't want to do this album because nobody's gonna feel it." Me, I was. I'm, I was trying to do a, 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 a Tory Lanez or Bryson Tiller, or a, I was trying to do that type of style R and B. You know. Okay. So I was like, "Man, this this isn't gonna sell." I just was like, uh. "It was just one of them albums." I was like, "Okay, I did it in a week. Sounds nice." Hard drive. Yeah. It was a hard drive album. Yeah. It was just like, eh. and then Snoop came in and was just like. No, no, no. He walked in on a session? Yeah, and he was like, whoa. And I played him a couple songs. And he was like, whoa. He was like, okay. And he liked that. Did you play him the Maxwell stuff? Did Mm-mm. you play him oh, other he's, stuff? He hears all this stuff, and he's and overwhelmed of, of by all. all the 75, stu- 75 uh, albums, he Oh, no, he like, hasn't heard all of that. Okay. But he's heard quite a few where he's like, okay, all right. Let's, but he was more focused in on the old school. He loves old school army. For sure. He plays course. that more than rap. Of course. And he was like, yo, we're going to call this the rebirth of Marvin. And I was like, oh, hell no. I don't want that. I, oh, no. I don't want any backlash. I was like, mm-mm. It's too much. And he was like, no, I'm t- trust me. It's going to work out. Yeah, you might get a little bit for a second, but I think the, I think the, the, when, they, when they listen to the music, I think they'll agree that it sounds good and you're not trying to be Marvin too much. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> no. I was like, no, please. You know, but I obviously I trust his instinct. I trust his, you know, everything that he does, I, I trust him all the so time. So the way you tell it, the way you explain it, mm-hmm. you came to it authentically, you came mm-hmm. to it organically. Mm-hmm. You weren't even trying to put this out at all. No. But you did. Mm-hmm. You did put it out. Yep. 
And you know, there was some chirping mm-hmm. from the second. gay family. There was, yeah. His sister mm-hmm. had some things to say. Yep, she didn't, yeah. She you know, yeah. respect to her. She has every right to say whatever she For wants sure. to say. She was just freaked out. And I and I understand that, but mm-hmm. but you you paved that through. Yeah, right? yeah. Like you like you we, communicated we had a conversation and everything. And it's love. Mm-hmm. But but how did you get from her publicly saying what the fuck are you doing, kid? Yeah. Which is what she's thinking. Yeah. Why are you trying to take my brother's shine? Right. And you and you how did you like yeah. speak to them, approach them to get it to be like, okay, now we're all we're all family. Yeah. Well, when I first heard the interview, it popped up and I and I don't know, somebody sent it to me or something. You were I was hurt. like You were hurt, right? Yeah, I was I was I, I was a little I was a little, you know, I was a little hurt about it. Like you're misunderstood like, at that yeah, point. Yeah, I'm like, like, I'm like, if I'm mad. I'm like, oh, see, I knew this was gonna happen. I knew this was gonna happen. This is why we shouldn't have released this. I don't want the backlash. Now I'm gonna get sued. Now I don't Ooh. have any samples or anything on there, so I'm like, well, you know, I shouldn't be getting sued because I don't, I didn't, you know, take anything from them. And I'm like, man, I was just upset. I was for that whole day. I was just pacing my floor, like just great, you know, like, and I listened to the interview, and I was just like. Oh, and then she just, but then, you know, I went over to my friend's house and he was just like, well, let's, I want to listen to the interview. And then, you know, he's more half glass full. That's Trip, the one who writes with okay. me. And Walter's half glass full too. I can't stand that they are and so you're And you're a glass half empty guy? I'm just right there in the middle. It could be, you know, I'm okay. like, you know, okay. so I'm not half glass empty. I have a couple of those friends too, so I can balance, but they were just like, they were like, no, I think she just, you know, she's hurt. And I think, but she's just more freaked out. And that's what she said. She was like, and you just sounded, yeah, and protective. She was like, you sound just like him. It's freaking me out. She yeah. wasn't like, oh, the album sucks. No, and, no, no. And you can't be my brother. No, and no, no. She was just like, it's freaking me out and I don't like it. You know? And then finally, later on, I, and I, and I, I, I don't know, it was posted on TikTok and all my fans on TikTok just went at her throat. And yeah. then Instagram, and, and then I culture. was like, and I just fell back because I was like, I'm not saying nothing, I'm not saying anything, you know. And then, uh, yeah, we finally got on the phone with her and a couple other the, the Marvin Gaye family members, and they were just like, it's all good. Pause, because mm-hmm. I know how this goes. Okay, mm-hmm. at two o'clock or whatever, mm-hmm. we're gonna jump on a Zoom. Was it a Zoom? Yep. With sister. Daughter. Mm-hmm. Oh, what? as a matter of fact, it wasn't a Zoom. It was with my manager on the on the phone. Oh, uh, just, yeah, it was it was a phone call. call. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep, everybody but, on the phone. But 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 he gonna set it up. Yep. Okay, we're gonna at one o'clock, two o'clock, whatever, we're gonna be on the phone with sister, correct, daughter, yep. whatever, whatever. Correct. I know you're nervous going into this call. Yeah, I was like, oh great, I get to get cursed <laughs> out, you know, on the phone now. It's great. I, I I get you know, I get but it, you know, face on. But you had a rap planned. You had a like like this is how I'm gonna explain to you. My or, manager didn't even tell me that it was happening until five minutes before the call. So I had what? no time to prep. Yep, no, was, you, see, you didn't even have time to nope, No time to prep. So he tells you five minutes we're going to talk to the gay family and your heart sinks. Yep. I'm like, oh, oh my God. Like, oh, and he was like, it's all good. And I was like, how's it all good? <laughs> I just heard the interview. What are you talking about? And uh, got on the call and she was just so nice. But she was like, I just want to let you know, I'm not taking back anything I said. I was like, Understood. I respect it. I respect that. She was like, I'm not taking back none of that, but I will say that the album is a great, great album. And she was like, but you have to understand where I'm coming from. I was just, I was just like, whoa. I'm listening to this sound on the on the radio and I'm like, this isn't my brother's song at all. Why does he sound like him? And you know, it's just freaking out. So she was like, I, I just I understand what you're doing now. 
and you you're you're paying homage to to, sure. to my brother for sure. And I was like, yeah. I was like, I didn't mean any disrespect at all. She was like, no, I get it. I I totally get it. I just needed a second to breathe and just think and all that. And so she kind of re without recalibrating her position. Mm -hmm. She recalibrated her emotion mm -hmm. on my emotion was here. Yeah. And now I have brought it down. Yeah. Did you have to say anything to get her to be like, look, I'm I'm not a threat here. I'm not a problem for you. Nah, no. Nah, she I think she knew. I think she was just like, you know, he's not he's not trying to do anything in a malicious way. Right. You know, he's, he's not talking bad about me. And I'm not going around being like, I'm the new Marvin. No, no, no. He ain't got no nothing on me. And I'm no, not no, saying no. that. And she she knew that. And then she after before we got the call. She was like, I got some things of my brothers that I would love for you to have, that he would love for you to have as well. And I was what, like, really? What, what was it? I haven't got I haven't got them yet. Like we we're still, she like, she was like, oh no, call us anytime. We're your aunties now. Oh. Like we have I have a great relationship with them now. And she was like, but I think she wants me to come to the house. So we just haven't what? figured it out yet. Yeah. But she was like, I have some things to give you that Marvin had, I'd love for you to have. I was All like, right. awesome. She was like, and if anytime they do any movie or anything with Marvin, you know. If Marvin has anything to do with it, I would love for you to do it. Nobody else should do it but you. And I was like, whoa. That's what she said before the call. I was like, whoa. You know, I I, I love that, and I'm glad that you guys got that to, you know, mm -hmm. to a pay, place of, of peace, right? Because yeah. we don't want the elders out there being like, what is going on? When right. the approach and the intention was in love, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I love that um, that you love your contract. Yeah, oh, and you're like, so? I have a great. I mean, you know how many people are like, my contract sucks. Super artists, my mm -hmm. contract sucks, mm -hmm. right? And you're, you know, you're established, but this is the early part of your career, correct? And you're like, yo, I'm very happy with my contract. Yeah. What can? And you said you were on handshake mm -hmm. with Snoop and Death Row for a minute. Yeah, I was on a handshake with with Snoop for. I've known him for eight years. Personally, I've known him for eight years. And I've been on a, I was on a handshake agreement with him for six to seven of them. That scares me for you, but you know, but you're very happy situation. I'm so I, I know it's it's scary to to think about, and that you know, but we hit it off right then there, and you would think that oh well. Let, let's establish a baseline. Let's tell mm -hmm. the other artists mm -hmm. who don't have great deals like you, and maybe they want to fuck with Death Row. Yeah, when they hear what you, what can you say? about your deal, just mm -hmm. to let others know this is possible. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I can guarantee that I, I, as a new artist, I probably have one of the best deals in the industry. Well, give me, like, like what? Like, without going, because I'm, you know, without going into too much personal detail, like, I, my creative control, I get to choose whatever I want to do as far as whatever genre I want to do. Um, like I said, I'm, 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 I'm mixing, I'm, I'm mastering my own work. I'm I'm doing the the cover art. I'm hiring people. You know what I'm How saying? How many like, points you getting on your records? <sighs> More than the usual. I'm like I I have even a. I'm trying not to get too. You know. But let them know what they could get if they come to death row. They could get treated right. You could get. I even yeah. Ten points on your album. I mean, when it okay. I'll put it like this. When I sold my out because I sold that album first as an NFT when we started doing NFTs. And I made a substantial amount of money, very high six figures. But that's you and Snoop, like like Handshake. going to NFT world and yeah, fucking yeah. around. And high six figures, I got to keep all of my high six figures. But that's NFT shit. Okay, even with now, okay, with I want to know on Rebirth. He's not Marvin, getting you, okay. He's not. He, he's not taking any money off my tours. 
He's not taking any money off my merch. Oh, you're right. You don't have a 360 deal. Not at all. Right. That's terrible. Not at all. Not at all. But you don't want to say how many points you get on the album. I, I just, you know. Hey, come on. Give me, give me, is it 10? Because that would be a lot. That would be a great deal. I, I, don't, I don't think I've ever seen Snoop take a, uh, a dime from me yet. None. Death Row. So you... I'm telling you, it's an it's an incredible it's an incredible. It okay. I'll put all right. I'm I was just trying to put it in the best way possible without like being like oh well no, you're giving you too much detail and all that kind of stuff. You know like, but I'm just trying to put it in a, in a, in a way. Well, let me explain, let me let, let's let's try to find a way because a lot yeah. of artists get an advance. Mm-hmm. Let's call it a million. Mm-hmm. You got to make the album for that and. Mm-hmm. live on that. Mm-hmm. And yep. a lot of people don't realize, a lot of artists when they get in the game don't realize mm-hmm. that you will probably end up owing the label. Mm-hmm. I didn't take an advance at all. None. I was making too much money with him already. I've been on like when he did with Martha Stewart and and uh, we did that show. I did the writing and I did the song. Like anything that Snoop has going on, I'm always doing something behind the scenes. I had no reason to take any money off the deal. Are you getting an advance uh, mm-hmm. for re- you got an advance for Rebirth of Marvin? There was an av- there was an advance available, but I just never took it because I was doing all the work anyway. So now it's just putting the money into marketing, and that's it. Everything else, I'm doing everything anyway. What does eating healthy mean to you? Whatever your eating goals, Thrive Market is the best place to get all your groceries and household essentials. And getting Thrive shipped to your door is like having a great supermarket right outside your house. I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and ethical sourcing methods. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks or low sugar alternatives or gluten-free essentials, Thrive Market's got it and their site lets you curate your shopping experience quickly. And as a Thrive member, I save on every order, usually about 30%, which of course I love. And when you join, you help a family in need with the membership matching program. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a $60 gift for free. Go to thrivemarket.com slash for 30% off your first order plus that free $60 gift. That's Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E Market dot com slash Toray. Thrivemarket.com slash Toray. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Somebody said, tell me about this. Somebody said to me, being an artist is like, is like you work, your check goes to your boss, mm-hmm. and then your boss tells you, this is how much you earned. And mm-hmm. you don't, because most artists don't really know how many records did I really sell? I know I got a platinum plaque, but did I sell 1.5, 1.4? Mm-hmm. I don't really know, which mm-hmm. to a lot of fans sound like, that's insane. How could you not know? I, I had a major artist tell me, a household name, mm-hmm. 
tell me the label owes me between five and ten million dollars. And the thing that left out at me was you don't know if it's five or ten. That is a gigantic, a gigantic difference. Yeah. But like I don't know how many albums I actually sold. And that those numbers can be difficult to mm-hmm. catch up to to figure out. Mm-hmm. Right? Especially when you add in streaming and other things. So so right. h- how does that paradigm relate to the yeah. world that you're in. Well, actually, I can't wait to see those numbers of how many albums I've sold. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm I'm just trying to really think about like, like what is he, what is he really, you know, what does Death Row really get off of? I mean, obviously, it's you know streaming and and all that kind of stuff. But I'm t- I've just taken so much money off this album that he's just like, yeah, when you get to a certain number, then I'll start worrying about taking some money. But as of now. It's, I got too much money. I don't need your this and this and that. Go ahead, take care of your family. Do what you got to do. You but, sell your first million, then we'll talk. Then we'll talk about. Then then I'll start taking some money. But for right now, get yourself established. That way, I, you can always, you know, go on. If you say you want to retire next year, you want to retire two years from now, you have enough money and you're good. You're just like when you make certain amount. All right, cool. We'll start taking some money from. You. But until then, I don't need your money, dude. I just want you to succeed. And I'm like, what? Even my lawyer, I got into it my lawyer about it. Not previous lawyer, not my lawyer now. I got a great lawyer now, LaRon Rogers. And my lawyer before, I fired him. Like me and him got into it so much. He was like, he's gonna just he's gonna take you for everything, his handshake thing, da, 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 da. He told me years ago. And it all worked out. All worked out. Everything worked out in my favor. So tell Tell the artists out there who are unhappy with their deals. Come to death row. Yeah, why should they come to death row? <laughs> they should come to death row because they're going to get treated fair. These artists are getting just pulled everywhere. They're all, do this, do that, do that. You're wearing this, you're wearing that. No, you need to look that, look that. He's like, be who you want to be. It's very weird because nobody can get that. And he's like, it's, that's why it's odd to say all this stuff. It really is. I understand. It sounds crazy. It sounds insane. It's great to have an artist mm-hmm. run a label because he has been in your shoes. Mm-hmm. He knows where he got his feelings hurt. He knows where he felt uplifted. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like he's trying to turn around, break the chain, and give you the best artist experience you can have because he knows what that feels like. Exactly. We have talks all the time. Our be- our greatest talks are always between midnight and 5 a.m. What is always. some of the great advice that Snoop has given you? Oh, well, don't, don't sign any faulty contracts. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't, you know, cause he's been through so much, uh, holding steady on your finances, making sure that's, that's good. You know, don't go blowing all of it. Don't go buying 27 of cars, course. you know, the regular stuff, you know, stuff like that. But, but you did buy some fly shit. I bought some fly shit. What did you, what did I, you buy? What have you bought for yourself that you're like, damn. <laughs> I didn't, I, you know, I haven't bought too, I haven't bought too many things. It was more making sure I have a seven-year-old son, making sure he's good. So, you know, my biggest expense that I've spent on myself probably was, I mean, I got, I got, I got, I got a place. Um, but maybe the maybe my Bentley I just bought, three hundred grand. But you know, that's probably it. You know, I got. It's not a lot of jewelry. You're not a jewelry guy. I'm a watch guy. That's it. I'm not a chains and no. 250 on the neck. What, what's, and, your, what's, your, what's your best watch? Mm, the one I'm going to get next. I'll probably uh, Patek Philippe. They have one that I like a lot. But it's like, I don't know, it's like 150, something like that. I'll get that later. I, don't, I just don't, I start, I don't want to spend too much. You know, like, yeah, the Bentley's cool, but, you know, 
I don't want to go crazy. Like, I'm a car fanatic. I want the new Rolls Royce Spectre. That's electric. I want that. That's half a million dollars. I want a whole bunch of stuff, but what else do you I know want to keep with cars? Cool. What do you have with cars? It's something about it. I don't know. I've been always you, like No, that. but what what are you what what's in your garage? Uh, I got the new um Tesla Model S Plaid, which is the fastest production car in the country. I got that. It's a sedan, which is really dope. That's my baby. And I just got the Bentley. I got the Cybertruck on the way. Are you um, getting the Tesla Cybertruck? Oh yeah, I ordered that. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting on them to deliver. I think it looks amazing. Yeah, it's and dope. It's getting hate, but I'm like, yo, I, that looks some futuristic Blade Runner next level love shit. It. I love, it. I love, I love tech and I love cars. So I gotta have a couple of Teslas, and then obviously the Bentley, and then later on I get a couple other things. What else do you want to like get? A, with a the Lambo. Cars? I want a Lambo. <laughs> I gotta, you know, gotta have my Lambo, and I got, I really want that. I'll get rid of every car I got for that Rolls Royce Spectre though. That thing is amazing. Amazing. What's your boy's name? Sean. Sean. With an H or E? Uh, S-E-A-N. Yep. Why, why Sean? I don't know. It just sounded good, I think. Yeah? You know. Tell me about him. Oh, he's amazing. Parents love talking about their kids. Oh, I, I, yeah. I love him. Love him to death. What's he's he into? Just, he's great. Golf. He's into golf? He's sinking 20-foot putts. What? He's, he's Like real. For real. Yeah. I definitely will pay for education and golf all day long. For sure. Uh, yeah. For sure. You can Whatever it costs. You can hang out at the range all day long, get good. Whatever it costs. I just had a meeting with the principal at his school, and we're just, I plan on doing, like, building, like, a little mini golf course on the on the on on that campus, because he's in private school. For sure. But building something on there, putting in his name. Like, Yo, you know. how does that fit? Because you were in public school. Mm-hmm. And you're putting your kid in in a private, and I know you can see the difference, the campus, the education, the things they're talking yeah. about. His education is phenomenal. How does that feel to be able to elevate his education way above what you were able to get? Crazy. It's it's crazy because he's learning so fast, and the teachers they they I don't even know some of these teachers, and they know me by my first, you know, they're just like, hey, Jared, and I'm like. Hi. Oh, you work here. Oh, great. Like, they know you. They know your car. They know everything about us. And they, they sure. know Sean. They know what he likes. They, they're they attentive to his needs and all that kind of stuff. Like, they're really teaching him. Now, I'm not saying that they didn't teach me back when I was in school, but I didn't get that type of attention. No, no. Where they're just hands-on all the time. Like, yeah. what does he need? Is he, oh, he's okay. He was, like, bad in math for a quick second. And then they were like, no, instead of, like, you know, be hitting them with the ruler, you know, so to speak. Not, you know, not really. But but it's not that you're bad. No, you're just. It's not shame. No. We are going to, let's find other methods of educating. This That's method it. is not working. He needs right. a little bit more of this right. or when that. When I was or, in school, it was do it this way. Ain't no other method. Right. That's it. Yeah, no doubt. No there's, doubt. There's no other and, method. And, it, and if you're not getting a grade, what the fuck is wrong with you? Exactly. You're going to. stupid. Work yeah. harder. Yeah, you're going to fucking fail. Now we have to love them in a different way. Yeah. But I'm, but I get to teach them my ways as well. You know, sure. it's like not being like, oh, you know, like I'm on them too about stuff. So wait a minute, uh, you said you are making an album coming up with a Studio Fifty Four vibe. Yeah, it's already right? done. Mm-hmm. Okay, how old are you, sir? Thirty seven. What you know about Studio Fifty Four? Come on, man. Come, <laughs> come on, on, nigga. Come what on, you know about Studio Fifty Four? I know. I, this shit big close since before things. you were born. I've heard a lot. I heard that you, you watched the documentary. I, I just heard that it was a great time. <laughs> I heard it was a really great time. It was an extraordinary time. I'm curious how you are communicating, mm-hmm. evoking the Studio Fifty Four vibe, mm-hmm. and what you did. I mean, I assume you you learned about it on your own. 
Yeah. I, right? While I was making the album, I went on YouTube, typed in Studio 54, or typed in Studio 54 inside the club or something like that. Yeah. It was just an old clip. And I don't know how long it was. It was long enough for me to put it up on my screen. I have a screen right above my computer. Right. Put it on the screen, put it on mute, and just started making the album and looking at what was going on. Drinking, the laughter, the hanging out. Andy the, Warhol. Just everybody. Bianca just, Jagger. Like all the Rick James vibe that I could get yes. from it. Yeah. So I'm just looking at that and I'm just creating the track. And then, bam, a hook. So the images inspire the music. 100%. I don't even, in that situation. 100%. I don't even start making music unless my vibe is right. And I have OCD, so... Clean studio all the time. Oh, my house is clean all the time. Are you getting on your knees with product and cleaning shit? Yes. Oh, I'm a, yeah. Really? Hell yeah. What's your favorite product? Clor the Clorox wipes. <laughs> the Clorox you see, wipes? You see how I was so into it? The Clorox wipes. I know. Oh, I just, whoop, whoop, like tissue. And I get everything done, and then I can work. Cannot work in a dirty environment. At all. At all. I will lose it. I'll lose it. But the music of Studio 54 was that disco. Yep. And that's what the new album is. That's what I'm making it right now, you know? And I'm, I'm going to play it for Snoop, which I played him some, and he loved it. Did you ever connect with Nile Rodgers around that? I did. You did? Cause he's Not a, for this, but I've, I've connected with Nile, yeah. Well, I, mean, I mean, he's a Studio 54 guy. Mm -hmm. And I got a song with him. On that album? Mm -mm. I, I don't know if I'm going to put it on the album or not. We, re we released it a long time ago. And way before Snoop, and we took it off or whatnot because it was just, you know, I was still trying to make it. I was, you know, borrowing money to make it happen. I think I borrowed 150 grand for my boy, and we shot the video and did all this stuff, and it just, you know, didn't work out. And, you know, my boy was making a bunch of money, so he was like, ah, eh, whatever. I mean, I love you bringing back the Studio 54 vibe mm -hmm. and reminding people about that because it's a really important part of— the culture. Yeah. It was a central club, and I don't even know if we have a club scene at all. I mean, like, records are broken, culture is created there, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. it's, it's a really important place. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should make another one. <sighs> I would love to. You I know? I would love to. Another one right here in New York? Hell yeah. That'd be crazy. Hell yeah. I mean, part, you know, the thing, I think, I'm pretty sure that was the first time that they were really exclusive at the door. Mm -hmm. So because there were so many people who were wanting to get in and seen trying to get in and unable to get in, it created this vibe of yeah. like, well, I want to get in. Yeah. If people can't get it right. Like, mm -hmm. uh, so then, so then that makes it hotter and hotter and hotter. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've, the whole, I, whole vibe of this, this album, I've actually been doing a couple of the songs while I've been on tour and just testing it and seeing if how and people love it. So it's very, it's it's more upbeat than Rebirth of Marvin. Every sure. I think I might have two slow songs on it out of eleven. It's disco. Yeah, it's, it's party just front to back. Like I have an interlude that's right in the middle, very Marvin. So I keep that. It's very Marvin, just so you know, because people still want some of that still. So I put that right in the middle as like a slow down. Yeah, let's just take. It's like a break. It's like a commercial break, and it's like two minute song. Then it goes right back into. Then it then it has some eighties. Then it goes a little eighties. So I'm trying to just go up until I get to the 90s. Oh, I got a 90s album sitting. I can't wait to drop. Oh. What's the vibe on the 90s album? Very, because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to say, I know, it's a, I know it's a very touchy subject, but 
my favorite artist is R. Kelly, hands down. His his writing style was crazy. So it's very R. Kelly, Jodeci, that type of vibe. Hands down. That vibe. And it's done already. I haven't mixed it in Mastery. I mean, nobody's in. fronting on R. Kelly's music. No, but it, they it, seem to put the other stuff with it. Well, yeah. I mean, he's a horrible person. <laughs> he, he's horrible for what he did, for sure. But the music... Was for some of us, I mean, I guess this is not hitting for you. For some of us, it's hard to listen to the music when we fully know how bad of a person he was. Yeah, and I didn't know it. You know, That's as not, I was growing up, I was just listening to the music. I yeah. didn't. I wasn't in the entertainment realm to where I could be around and see it and be like, ah, oh, you know. And yeah. I, I, so I don't have that. I, all I'm listening to is that writing style. The you know, the way he did the carries the ooze and he does this. And I'm just taking that. But, you know, yeah, personal life, though. I remember there was a VH1 behind the music mm -hmm. that played a lot. Mm -hmm. It was on R. Kelly. Mm -hmm. And I remember my man, Cheo Coker, who was a big journalist at that time, said R. Kelly would come out of the show and there would be a line of girls waiting for him, like lined up against the wall, like who you want to hang out with now? And there'd be all these great, you know, grown, full figure. Yeah. And he's like, who's the one at the end of the line who's gangly and like thin and like underdeveloped and like clearly oh, very Jesus young? Jesus Christ. Right. And and oh God. The thing that killed me is that that played all the time, and they never objected. They never said, "Please stop running that," or at least cut that out. Like he's like the journalist is saying he's choosing the young-looking person, young-looking girl, when he has women available to him, Jesus and they did Christ. not say, "Please, for the love of God, stop running that." Yes. So they're just like seeing. You never saw the tape, did you? No. <laughs> no. For those of us who lived in the tape, the tape was crazy, dog. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. The tape was crazy. Yeah, see, see, I'm glad, see, and, you know, like I said, I'm just, I was just going off the writing style. That's how I learned to write, you know? Listening to R. Kelly. Who did you, who taught you how to write? R. Kelly, who else? As far as I'm listening and figuring out. R. Kelly, out. John Mayer, Luther Vandross, who I've listened to and be like, oh, the way he said that. Oh, I didn't think of that. That's, that's crazy. Like, yeah. Interesting, you said Luther, who I would expect genius, and I feel him as like a potential like mm -hmm. influence for mm -hmm. you. Yeah, and John Mayer, who's also fantastic, but I didn't expect you to say John Mayer. Yeah, that top yeah top five favorite artists of all time, John Mayer. John Mayer told me before an artist is forty, mm -hmm. it's important to spend most of your time in the studio because you're creating hits. After 40, harder to create hits, more important to spend more time on the road because that's when you start to really kick up playing the hits you've been writing when you were closer to the life of the audience. Yep. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, it, and it fits. It's very hard to make hits, Beyonce accepted. It's very hard to make hits after 40. Mm, yeah. But you can go on tour all day and the fans who grew up loving you still want to see you. Yeah, Lionel Richie is... Eating, eating good still, touring. Like a million a show or something, something crazy. Like Nile Rogers, still touring, touring all the hits, making a bunch of money. Yeah, for sure. I, remember, I, get I, I saw the Stevie Wonder tour when he would do uh, songs in Key of Life yeah. for front to back. Yeah. And that's just, Yeah, I was just with him.
We're doing a record together. Really? Yeah, he's jumping on one of my records, and I'm jumping on one of his for his what? album. What? Yeah, yeah. Tell me about working with Stevie. Yeah, uh, it's we we haven't we haven't fully got in. Like he wants me to come to the house yes. and and do it with him. But I went and met with him, and we sat and listened to a couple records. He's like, "Which one you want to do?" And I'm like, "I like that one." He's like, "Okay," you know. He's just so cool and like very chill. But you could tell like he he means business too, you know. But he's just so chill. And I hit him up. I hit him up just recently, maybe, maybe I don't know, a couple weeks ago. And I was like, "Man, Stevie, I'm gonna get on that record. I'm gonna, when I get back to LA, I'm gonna come record with you. But I got this song. I need you to jump on if you can and put some harmonica on it." He was like, "Yeah, sure." You asked him to pull out the harmonica. Yeah, and he was like, "Cool, no problem." I mean, this is maybe the greatest songwriter, living songwriter of our time. Oh, amazing songwriter. Definitely in, in the top 10 list of greatest songwriters, along with Quincy Jones. Sure. You know, one person I haven't, I would love to meet, Quincy Jones. Have, are you are you nervous hanging out with Stevie Wonder? Because it's like this genius, this giant. Nah. Who you do clearly, yeah. you know, yeah. influence, idolize, look up to all those yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't, I, I wasn't nervous at all. It was just cool to be around, you know. I haven't, I haven't really, you know, fangirled out at all as far as, you know, being around artists or anything like that. But I probably, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll be a little, you know, I have my, you know, couple that I'll be like, oh. Who, who's that? One's Dave Chappelle. Love Dave Chappelle. Dude's cool. I, I've been in the same area as him, but never got to meet him yet. You know, so. Who else? Uh, Probably John Mayer. You know, that'd be dope. John Mayer, you would fangirl. I would fan, well, I'm not going to fangirl out for, for for anyone, but they were just inside. I'd be like, this is cool. John Mayer. Yeah, like, this is dope. He'd be excited to meet you, too. Yeah. Who are the artists? You said you're competitive. Who are the artists Very. who you feel competitive with? Like, who's in your lane that you're looking at? Like, okay, I see what he made, what she made. Like, we're going to respond to that. And da, 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 da. Like, who, who's, who are the folks you're looking at? Mm, you know, yeah, I'm super competitive. Oh, I'm like the Michael Jordan. <laughs> when it comes to competition, Snoop is always like, bro, it's not a competition. Just It's fine. I'm like, yes, it is. If they come, an R&B artist comes in the studio, it's game on. I'm listening to everything you're doing. I'm, I'm going at your neck every time. I, I don't know what it is about it. I don't know. But is, is there an artist out there that I'm like, okay, Tank has incredible vocals incredible runs so and i've been around him we are uh planning on working on or doing a record um i've been around him and i know that if i go into the studio i'm just gonna have to be like okay i got it my runs gotta be tight you know because he has he just has great vocals so that's somebody i'd be like okay all right be on your a game but it's not a lot that come in the studio where i'm like oh no i can't you know but <laughs> you got beyonce's and stuff beyonce is beyonce though. yeah you yeah, know it's like it's different. like that's she can blow, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Jennifer Hudson and yeah, yeah, you know all that. But I'm super competitive, man. Like R&B artist comes in here right now. I'm like, I'm gonna give the best interview. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you know, it'd be I'm gonna give all my life story. It's gonna, you know. So it, it's it's something about it. I don't know. I get very antsy to just compete, 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 compete. Love I don't know that. what it is. Even on stage, another R&B artist goes up in front of me. All right, cool. I'm on the stage with my cigar, listening to everything you're doing. And if you did a run, or you did something, I'm going to make sure and do that same run, but I'm going to do it better. I have to. Charlie Wilson said that to me, too. He was like, don't let nobody outdo you. I said, okay. I was like, All right. It's always like that. Mm -hmm. 
I can't get out of it. It's a habit. It's a it's a drug. This almost didn't happen because you were about to become a truck driver, right? You said mm-hmm. it wasn't you weren't signed. It wasn't really working out. Mm-hmm. And you really f- fixed your mind to be like, okay, I'm going to go drive a truck now. Mm-hmm. What was that like? First of all, why that? I, I don't know. I had an infatuation with trucks as a kid. I used to always, like, for Christmas, I, always, I, I would always ask for, like, a model truck, model, you know. I, I would always get cars because I'm in love with cars, but I would always want, like, the truck. Something about semis and the shiny metal on them and all that just infatuated. I don't know. I don't know what it is. My son has the same thing. It's just something about it. So you learned how to drive? Yeah. You went to a course? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> went to a course and was just about to graduate. And that was and that in your mind was like, oh well, singing didn't work out. I was like, oh man, sixty grand a year to eighty thousand dollars a year, and I get to be, you know, do the regular nine to five thing, and I can take care of my family. I'm from South Bend, Indiana. The median household income is forty thousand dollars a year. I'm like, I can make eighty. Huh. Cool. You know, I still live in South Bend, even doing this. Snoop is like, yo, move to L.A. I'm like, nope. You're still in South Bend? Still. You have the biggest house in town? <laughs> no, I don't have the biggest house in town. but Up there? I, yeah, it's, it's nice. It's Why nice. are you still in South Bend? Cheaper to live. Uh-huh. And I like just, that's really like my very calm place. But your son is there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is that the anchor that like, well, I got to live here because he's here? Well, I mean, I could also, I can move him anywhere, but it's like, he's great school. I have good relationship with, with the teachers and everything else. And he has friends there and all that, but I want him to grow up somewhere where it's, where he can get that calm. Normal. Yeah. You know, I love going back home. Like when I go back home and I have security and everything like that, they're like, all right, let us know when you're about to go here and go there. And I'm like, I'm good, man. I'm home. I'm home. That's fine. And they still do it, obviously. But I'm like, I'm, it's okay. I'm just going to go get some wings real quick. I need some lemon pepper wings, like, right now. Well, just wait. I'm on my way there. No, I don't want to wait. You know? I just like being home. You know, it's where my family is. I can chill there. I can chill in my parents' backyard. I can grill, make some ribs, listen to old school music, have a cigar with my dad, relax. You know? Go to the studio if I want. Chill. L.A., I'm spending 2000 a day. I, yeah, because I eat. I love eating. So, you know. What do you love eating? Um, I like Italian. Love steak. Yes. That's a weakness. Yes. Steak. And, What's your cut? Uh, I usually get, um, usually uh, uh, ribeye. Sorry. Yes, yeah. with the bone. I started to say, yeah, I started to say something else, but it wasn't. I was like, no, not filet. That's my son's favorite. Right. Yeah. No, the ribeye with the bone. <sighs> <laughs> <sighs> Cook medium, medium rare sometimes. Yes, yes, Ooh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, man, with a glass of wine. So mm. who? So what's the steakhouse that that kills you most? In L.A. or in South Bend? Either. In L.A., it's Boa. Okay. Always going to Boa. Boa, my my, my main there. spots. I think I was just there. At Boa? Yeah, I think Boa's I was good. just there like a couple weeks ago. I think it was like two, three weeks ago. And, and don't you know Ben and Jen? Sat at the next booth. Really? Like, what the fuck? Really? Wow. Crazy. That's dope. See, that's dope. Elon Musk was there, I think, a day before I went or something like that. Really? Somebody said that. That's not yet. I'd I'd freak out about that. You talked to him? No, but I'd freak out. I got your shit. He's on the list of Dave Chappelle and John. He is. Oh, for sure. Elon's probably, yeah, for sure. Um, But yeah, Boa, 
I go to Boa, I go to Ocean Prime, and I go to uh, El Pisteo on you know, you know Beverly Hills. But I just can you cook a steak? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Ribs and steak. Can't cook chicken to save my life. What? It's either it's either overcooked or under. It's not that hard. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. I just <laughs> I'll put the chicken on. I walk away. It's burned. Oh well, you can't walk away. I I, I put the chicken on. I stand there and I'm like, yeah, it's got to be done. I open it. It's raw. Wait, I'm like, you. <laughs> well, it's timing with the temperature. I don't and the know oil what it is, the... but I can cook a hell of a. Did you a hell fry some chicken? Hell no. <laughs> no, I leave my brother to that, man. I'd be like, Jay, man, I'm in the mood for some chicken. Okay, all right, I can, guess. Can you fry up some chicken? I, I, yeah, I'm like, can you fry chicken can for you... me? I have my boy, my boy Jamie that you met. He, I'm like, I'm always asking him to make catfish nuggets. I love catfish, catfish nuggets with hot nuggets. sauce. Oh, I love to eat. That's what I'm saying. I love to eat. I spend a lot of money on food. Yes. I had never heard no catfish nuggets. Oh. See, now South Bend is coming out. I will fuck catfish some catfish nuggets, nuggets up. All day long. We go back out there, you ask him, be like, what, is, what does October want you to cook for him? He's going to be like, catfish nuggets. And he never does. He's a fucking asshole. <laughs> he's, a, he's an asshole, dude. Wait, you said, I'm curious. I mean, you said your name's Gerard. Well, Jared. You, your, excuse me, your birth name is Jared. Yeah. Do you think of yourself as Jared or October? Like when you talk to yourself. Jared. Yeah, no. I try to get out of October, the October space as much as possible. What do you mean? I want to lose myself in it. I like to stay humble, chill. I'm nice to everybody. I don't have no beef with anybody. I don't carry negativity, nothing like that. Is it a persona? Yeah. That's what I've, it's different than Jared. Yeah, Jared is just Jared. Like like if my, if my friends start calling me October, I'd be pissed. Like stop calling me that. You know, it's like, don't call me that. Sometimes, they, well, when we're out here, they do. In public. Because people will be like, who the hell's Jared? Yeah, in, you in, know, public, in public. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if we're at the house, please don't call me that. Just, I'm Jared, bro. I'm just Jared. You know, I ain't got no money. <laughs> like, I don't have anything. I'm just, I'm just regular Jared that grew up, that don't have anything. I'm just chilling. And my friends Jared's, are like, dude, there's a, there's a fucking Bentley in my driveway. You're October. So. Jared's a regular dude. Regular dude. That just likes to chill. Yep. So then uh, is, there a, is there a moment when you're like, let me turn the switch and go to the studio, become October, do that thing. Mm-hmm. And then. So I feel like every time I step in the studio, Jared, you... Jared stays at the door outside. It's October. What's the difference between Jared and October? Uh, October is just, this, it's just an artist that is competitive and wants to get it and just, you know. Do all this, this, this music stuff, and be in this, this la la land. He's full of confidence. October, yeah, yeah, yeah. in yeah. a way that Jared. But is he doesn't, not. he doesn't show it out in public. I'm not one of those. I'm not. Not egotistical. No, egotistical is different not than at confidence. All. Not at all. I can't. I, I can't. I can't be egotistical. But Jared like is not full of confidence. No, I'm very shy, really. And as soon as I get on, I'm just a whole different person. It's very weird. I'm surprised to hear you say that you're very shy because you don't seem at all shy. Super shy. I so mean, is this a lot for you, for no, your social battery? No, I'm chill. I'm good. Because you're in October mode. Yep, I'm perfectly So fine. October's social battery is different than Jared's? Jared's is just very, I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm consistently, and they get so mad at me, my tour manager and my, uh, and my boys, they're all like, obviously, they're, they're working for me and stuff. I'm consistently trying to do stuff for them. And that's Jared seeping out of October. I'm like, I'll get your bags. And he's like, no, I got it. I'm like, no, I got it. Like, we're going back and forth. Like, I'm always like, all right, guys, come on, let's go out to eat. I got it. 
No, dude, you're paying us per diem already. We got it. It's fine. Like, I don't want them to ever do anything. And I'm paying them to do a whole bunch of stuff. And I'm always like, oh, I got it. Oh, you're busy. You know, he's on the phone with his girl. And, you know, I'm like, oh, you know, don't worry about it. And I'm like, no, no, no. I got to go. I got to do this. I'm like, it's fine. I got it. So, wait, what is the difference with women, vis-a-vis women, mm-hmm. October versus Jared? October's more like, uh, well, that's a good question. I've never gotten that. Because Jared, Jared doesn't want to, oh, oh, Jared has no game. <laughs> oh, Jared does not talk to, Jared does not walk up and talk to any ladies like that. It just doesn't. And if I do, and if there, now if a conversation has started, Jared can hold that conversation fine. But this is weird saying Jared in October. It's weird. It's weird me out like that. <laughs> Not even gonna lie, but October can October get on, gets on stage. I'm like, yeah, this, can, is my, this is my stage. I'm running shit. But he can he but he can pick up. He knows how to talk to you girls. know. He just talk. He just he quick to go up and talk. Hey, how's it going? Ah, yeah, I'm in that mode. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. But Jared's like, man, she's fine as hell. Mm. No, I ain't got no chance with that. <laughs> I ain't got no chance with that. You know, it's like that's how it is. I don't know. It's weird. So weird. So weird. Just even thinking about it now. I'm kind of freaked out. You're not married. No, not anymore. Do you aspire to be married? Oh, you were. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You aspire to be married again? Uh -uh. You're done with marriage? I don't think I believe in it anymore. What do you mean? I'm not saying that my marriage was bad. No, no, no. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm best friends with my ex-wife. Like, me and her are very cool. We got a great relationship. There's no trap. She's like... Why would I take child support from her? She's a great girl, church girl. It's like, why would I take child support from you? You're an amazing father. You've been an amazing provider. You just ain't shit when it comes to Netflix and chilling. I want, like, I want to spend time and you want to go work. But that was my, you know, once she said she was pregnant with my son, I was like, oh, I got to go get it. I got to get this money. I got to get it any way I can. I got to go get it. And she lost, she lost me. I left. I completely left the relationship. That motivated you in your career and, yes. and it marks the upset, the ascent of your career. Yep. I got to provide. I got to provide. I, I refuse to be an ain't shit father. Refuse to be an ain't shit friend, an ain't shit cousin or brother or whatever it is. Refuse. I'm not. Mm-mm. Not going to do it. Nope. Nope. So I'm, I just want my son to have the best life. And she's good. She's sad. She's up and she's like, nope, no alimony, no child support, nothing. She's well, like, you've always been a great provider and a great, great, you know, person. But. And I hear the dedication mm-hmm. to family, mm-hmm. right? So it's not, that's not it. Mm-hmm. But out of that experience, you're like, okay, I don't believe in marriage anymore. What do you mean by that? I just don't think that, I don't think that I need to, um, I can put a ring on your finger, fat rock, all that, whatever, cool. We can do everything together, family stuff, but to walk down an aisle just to tell everybody, hey, we're married. And, you know, it's like, we, it's not, nothing's changing. We fell asleep in the same bed on Monday before marriage. We're doing all this stuff. We're going to family events. We're, we're might buy, a, you know, get a car or whatever, to get, whatever it is. And on Tuesday, something's supposed to change because we got, was walked down an aisle and we told the government that we're married. I don't see them. Doesn't make sense to me. Let's just be together and not, you know, not have to worry about that. Like, I hated the divorce part of my whole thing. It was, it was terrible. And they, and they force you to 
go to classes to teach you how to be a parent. That pissed me off. <laughs> like, I thought it was going to be, all right, you get divorced, you do the paperwork, we sign off on it, done deal. No, 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 no. They're like, the, oh, you have a child? Oh, no, you got to take these courses for 16 hours. The thing you're talking about, I feel like I understand mm-hmm. it as far as we are a unit now. We are a family. Mm-hmm. And... We don't need to spend $100,000 on the wedding, but we do need to stand up in front of our family and friends and the state and God Mm -hmm. and say, this is my wife, this is my husband, so that the community is aware, Mm -hmm. okay, they are a family, right? So when he shows up with her, we got to respect her. When she shows up with him, we got to respect him because she's like, that's my husband. That's my mm-hmm. wife. And, you know, I mean, I could see in different societies where it's it needs to be said, mm-hmm. this is my woman. This is my man. I will not be showing up with somebody else next month, next year, mm-hmm. you know, un- until further noted. Right. This is my person. Right. So respect her, you know. Embrace her right. fully in the family. Embrace him fully in the f- these sort of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I just don't feel like I need to. I just don't feel like I need to do all that. I'm just like, let's just, I'll just be your fiance. <laughs> you know, like it's all good. Put a ring on your finger. We'll still do everything that works. Vacations, whatever. You know, like your family needs. I'm, I'm here. Like if your family needs anything, you, you know, all that good stuff. But we have to do all that. <laughs> The planning and oh, oh god, just thinking about it. Was crazy. was was the first wedding? Well, not the first. Was your wedding? I was broke. Arduous? Was it a lot? I, I mean, I was broke trying to, you know, I was st- I was going through jobs and she was working at McDonald's and we're saving all this money and she was in the in, you know in the field to be a uh, she was going to school to be a uh, surgeon and I didn't have any money, you know and. You know, it's just, it was a lot. It was, but it wasn't even us. It was just on the outside. People were like, no, you got to get married. You got, you know, you got to do the right thing. And I'm just, I, I, you know, that was just too much. It was too much. And then here's the funny part about it. Here's where it gets really messy is that after we get married, I meet Snoop. And now my career is taken. I, I don't, I don't have, the timing is now. We're not doing Netflix and chilling all the time. We're not not spending time with family all the time. We're not doing all this all the time. Oh, now it's all you're gone for two months. Oh, you're gone for another month. You're in a studio all night. You're doing this. It's like, you know, I want that attention, that time, that well, I don't, I don't have it. I don't have it. Then, you know, the night before I got with. Uh, I, the night before I was meeting Snoop, the night before, she said she was pregnant. The night before? While we're in the hotel. About to, like, man, I'm going to meet Snoop, you know? And that was it. I was like, oh, you're pregnant? Cool. I have to completely go full all in now. This 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 kid will have everything. I'm going to spoil. This is going to be great. You know what I'm saying? Like, now, I didn't want any kids at the time. She won them. I didn't want any. But I was like, oh, it's all good. But he's going to have everything. And I just, you know, started paying more attention to that. So. Do you feel like you don't want any more kids? No. No. One no, and done. No more kids. One and done. One and done. Nah. 
spoil this him. This kid's expensive. No, <laughs> he is. This no, but yeah, He's but love him. But yeah, he is. Oh yeah, love. Yeah, but kid, I mean, kids are expensive, but it's not that. I mean, you know, it's just nah, nah. I'm all good. Thirty-seven. I'm good. But you know. My kid's a lot. My kid is a lot. He's he's hilarious, but he's he, he's funny. He just broke up with his girlfriend, so he's yeah. What? Yeah, this kid is crazy. How long had the relationship been? Uh, six months, maybe something like that. <laughs> Did you they, meet the girl? Yeah, the parents were my neighbor. Okay, so she's six, seven. Yeah, something like yeah. Mm-hmm. You like her? Oh, yeah. As a little was, kid for I, him, I never even. Well, no, I did. I did. I did meet the kid. Kid's great. Parents she's, amazing. Yeah. You know, great family, all that stuff. And next thing you know, I see just little notes in his pocket and, you know, and this. And he's drawing her pictures and drawing, oh, this is for, this is for Leela. I'm like, oh, okay, buddy. Who's Leela? Just a friend. Oh, okay, cool. All right. And then next day and the next day and the next day and the next day. And then his mom was like, I guess Sean has a girlfriend. I was like, what are you talking about, Leela? He's like, yeah. I was like, yeah, okay. And then the next month, and then her parents came up to me. It was like, so our daughter's dating your kid? And I was like, what? I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I guess their girlfriend and boyfriend? And obviously the dad's like, I'm not having it. And I was like, good. <laughs> no, he's just, you know, he's being, you know, it's his yeah. daughter. Yeah. But uh, he was just joking. He's a car fanatic, too, so we hit it off. and He's cool. But, yeah, he's. I guess they just broke up. He came home, and he was like, Leela broke up with me. I'm like, <laughs> really? I was like, how you feel? He was like, I don't know. Aww. I was like, you good? He was like, Yeah. Whatever. He just kept, you know, doing what he was doing. Doodle. Yeah, no, that's how He they wasn't are. hurt by it or nothing like that. He was like, oh, Lita broke up with me. So he's just like, all oh, the older girls always give me kisses and stuff like that on the cheek and say hi and hang out. Yeah, I don't know, man. Don't know. Kids got relationship issues. <laughs> 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 you know, but great kid. Oh, Great kid. Love him to death. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's amazing to hear how much of a devoted dad you are. Oh, yeah. It's oh, amazing. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I'd give up anything for that kid, man. Yeah, for Beautiful. Sure. For sure. Thank you so much. This has been so much fun. Yeah, man. Yeah. Got me to open up like a <laughs> you sure it's like it's Oprah, dude. Like yeah. I'm like, Jesus, almost, you know, you're about five minutes away from tears and everything, dude. <laughs> really? No, I'm just joking. Oh, what do I have to do? No, to get not tears? <laughs> <laughs> No, I had a good time. Good. I had a great good. time. This was awesome. Thanks so much to October for a great interview, and thanks to you for listening. Torre Show gives you fuel to power your dreams because you can use your dreams like a rocket ship to blast you into a life you never imagined. You can make your dreams a reality, and maybe this show can help. You can find me on Instagram at Torre Show. Torre Show is written by me, Torre, and produced by Jennifer Brown. Our editor is Ryan Woodhall. Our engineer is Claire McHale. And we're distributed by DCP Entertainment. And we will be back on Wednesday with more amazing guests because the man can't shut us down. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash 
all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered.